Welcome. You're listening to Soli, a podcast driven by curiosity and spirituality with intuitive mediums Shayla and Peyton. Join us as we ask questions, create conversation, and share in an open and heart-centered way our personal experiences and mystical ponderings. If you're spiritually curious and want to be a part of the conversation, then this is the perfect space for you. This is Soli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have an interesting topic. So we're going to be talking about when children are connecting to spirit and how as adults or caretakers or important people in their life, you know, support them through that experience. I know I've had a lot of experiences as a child that I remember, and there's definitely certain things that I wish my parents or my mom specifically could have kind of helped me with. And she did in some ways, but now just kind of seeing it from a different perspective as somebody who's connected to spirit now for quite a few years and have had a lot of learning and unlearning (laughs) around the spirit world. We wanted to offer this conversation of how you can help your child or a child in your life. So do you want to maybe talk about your experience that you've been helping with somebody in your life that you mentioned before? Yeah, I I was really excited when you brought this topic up because there are just so many angles and so many things that come up with Mm -hmm. it. You had mentioned that you had experiences when you were a child and I was the same. And I often think now, I mean, everything happens when it's supposed to. But I think now, what if I would have leaned into that at that point in time and developed my gifts back then, you know, where would I be now? You know, I mean, that's, I think that's a natural thing to think of, you know, in many different avenues of life, but it's been interesting as I've developed over the past couple of years and, you know, continue on that path. It's been so interesting to look back and now understand stuff that I was going through as a child Mm -hmm. or experiences I was having. So due to that, it's interesting. I've had a lot of people in my life with children that tend to be a little more intuitive or empathic come to me with some guidance. And I find it a little bit fascinating because with children, their ability to see through, I don't know if it's necessarily the veil, but their ability to kind of paint that world in their mind is much easier because they don't have so much gunk in their head as we do as adults, you know, that make it even harder for us to kind of work through. They haven't, not all the time, but mostly, you know, they haven't been through a lot of the, you know, harder adult lessons that we have to learn that kind of can cause disconnection. So I have one friend who, and I believe I've mentioned that on the show before, her child is about 10, if I'm correct. And this child was showing a lot of signs of, they they had experienced a loss. And then a year or so after, they were showing signs of, you know, being able to feel their loved one around, noticing signs of, you know, being able to actually physically see changes Mm -hmm. in the atmosphere around them. And they naturally came to me and asked for some help. And it, it's interesting because they ask some really deep questions and it's kind of hard to navigate that with a child because, yeah, you know, be, yeah, I like, sure. I believe in being honest with them and telling them how I feel, but I need to paint it in a way that makes sense to their brain. Plus, I, I'm always very careful that whatever I were to say to a child about any topic like that, 
I would never want to say anything that's something that sticks with them forever and maybe has a negative, you mm-hmm. know, mindset. And we have we have little control over how much that happens with kids. That's just yeah. part of being a kid. You never know what they're going to hold on to and, you know, what they're going to sure. need to talk about in therapy later. But <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm much more careful when I navigate that space. But I know they had met with another intuitive who had very good intentions. And this is someone that I do respect, but this other intuitive had said some things to them I didn't find appropriate for the age. Some things that maybe were faced a little more in fear and some things that maybe felt a little more spooky. And, I, you know, I, I feel maybe their perspective and my perspective of what what spirit is might just be a little different, which is okay. Right. But I, I wouldn't have probably placed that seed of fear into a child's mind because you wouldn't want that to then every time they have an experience with spirit to then go right to this like fear based idea. So, and also again, depending on the age, sometimes it feels like, especially kids that pick up on this stuff early on, you want them to explore that, but you also don't want them to necessarily carry the weight of what all that means and like what all of it is because you want them to just be kids and just have innocent experience where that's not their their main focus. So I guess it depends on the level that the kid's able to connect. Then I've had I had another friend reach out to me. They they also had a loss recently and their child who's 4 was asking them about angels and you know what happens, you know, these kind of big heavy questions for a 4-year-old. Yeah. And she asked me, she's like, what would you say? And I said, first, why don't you ask them what they think the answer is? You know, because being at four, they're still so much closer to having just been there than, you know, than we are. And their minds are so creative and imaginative. It would be kind of cool to just like, you know, what do you think an angel is? You know, why don't you tell me what's it feel? What's it feel like the answer would be for you? Yeah. And then write that down. Exactly. Exactly. And then write them down and then let them kind of come up with it. And I think for four, that was appropriate. You know, just let that be Mm -hmm. it. We don't need to have a, you know, a deep conversation about it. But (laughs) I've had people ask me to, for some children, again, always around loss that were older, maybe 12, 13 ish. I've had, I've had some people ask me to read for them. And again, like depending on the situation, I kind of pause at that. Um, Do you feel like it's just probably better for an adult a fully formed adult brain to kind of set through that process. Because again, you just don't want to say the wrong thing, especially in a reading when there's so much interpretation and you're, you're trying to put these pieces of this puzzle together with the person sitting there. You know, again, you don't want to say something that they're not able to fully understand or affects them negatively. So I'm very interested in the topic because what if we started teaching kids to start really listening to their intuition and their psychic clairs like we've talked about and, you know, really listen to their bodies and, you know, what it tells them and, you know, what kind of world would we have then if we started Mm -hmm. having kids connect with themselves more spiritually at a younger age? And I don't know, I just think that would be fascinating, but I I don't know. It can also be tricky as well. For sure. And when you're talking, there's so many different things that are popping into my head. I'm like, where do I start first? No, (laughs) I I, I went on for a minute. So no, like, that's good. So I experienced a lot of stuff when I was younger and it was very highly sensitive, very empathic. And it was almost an overload Mm. of feeling people's energy, not just spirit, but people's energy. And my daughter is very much the same way 
now, which is interesting and trying to navigate that. It's a bit challenging sometimes because it's so easy as adults to jump into the spiritual realm and to ask questions and discover things and then to translate it for a child can be a little bit more difficult for sure. And so really just trying to create language around it and bring it into everyday conversation. Like you said, like talking about the Claire's, okay, so my daughter's running around and she's scared. Like she's somebody who can't be alone by herself anywhere. Like if she's downstairs by herself and she realizes that she's alone, she'll panic and she'll just run to whoever she can find. And that in itself has been difficult because like we don't yeah. even have a big house. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, like she doesn't want to walk to the bathroom by herself. And she's eight and she's been like this for a long time. So I really had to have patience and empathy and kind of remember what it was like to be like that because I was like that when I was a younger child. Mm. And I think it's even more so than like spirit. It's like she's also like she does feel that, but she's also very visual, like you said, very clairvoyant and stuff. And so she sees a lot more and she paints a lot of pictures in her head. So when she taps into that fear or whatever fear she's having or anxiety, and this is like something that spreads everywhere because then you're like, okay, my child might have an anxiety disorder <laughs> or something like there's other mental health things too, or family situations that can kind of tap into it right. as well. Even like being neurodivergent, like things like that, I think can also amplify it because you're already just a lot more sensitive and hyper aware yep. of stimuli and things like that. So that's what I'm finding with my daughter. And so she's in this phase right now where I'm really trying to help empower her and find ways to deal with any fear she's feeling. If she is feeling like there's something around her talking about it and saying, okay, well, what could it be? Like even asking her, what do you think it is? Okay, let's strip mm. that down and let's find a way to empower you. Okay, what you can do is create a visual protection around you. Yep. And I say that with this knowledge of knowing that I don't necessarily believe that we always have to be in this bubble of protection or trying to protect ourselves or being concerned at all times. But to give her that empowerment of that visual that she can do for herself, I feel like it can go a long way. Just little things like that. I like that because that was what came up with one of the kids I was referring to earlier. And thankfully for Harry Potter, a lot of kids have this visual of, you know, when there's that little deer and it's like he makes the, the light grow bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. around him. And that's kind of what I walk them through is like, even if it's something that's not scary, even if it is an angel, you have every right to say, leave me alone right now. You know, I just need my personal yeah. space, you know, and letting them know the power of, that they have to control that. Exactly. Yeah. And then you mentioned Harry Potter, like kids are at a young age, they're shown different visuals. And as an mm -hmm. adult, we're like, oh, that's so cool. But like, they may take certain things a little bit more seriously. My daughter's really like vivid imagination with things. And also when they're feeling these energies, whether it's like collective energy or stress or a spirit or something, whatever they may be tapping into, they may not be familiar with that feeling and it may come out as fear or stress or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And that's something as an adult, definitely that has taken me a lot of time to recognize the subtleties of those different feelings that I'm getting, right, right. you know, like from the collective, from... You know, because like I said, super highly sensitive to other people's energy. Is that even my energy? No, it's not. But like a child, when they're so open, like they don't know, right? So right. yeah, it's like these little steps to kind of talk through it and try to help them to recognize that energy. Asking your questions like, what are you, how are you feeling today? What happened in your day? Is there something that 
maybe has made you feel this way and just kind of stripping it down a little bit and say, oh, your brother was really grumpy towards you. Do you think maybe that <laughs> had something to do with mm -hmm. that? Maybe you're feeling his anger towards that. Okay, yeah, that stressed you out, right? You know, creating that communication, I think has been helpful and it's a process, you know, <laughs> I don't pretend yeah. to have all the answers, but that is something in every age is so different and every child is so different in what they're experiencing. So Right. And yeah. like you said, then if there is other layers of other conditions that they're dealing with or navigating, you know, then that can get tricky. And then knowing yeah. how to manage that. I give a lot of credit to people that parent. I mean, it's, I, <laughs> it's, it's so much. It really is. And I don't think anything really can prepare you for all of the things that you have to deal with as, you know, each day comes on. And I just, yeah, I give a lot of credit to people that do that and juggle life itself. It's a lot. No, for sure. And every kid is so unique and different. They pop out with their own personality. So yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> there was something I saw and I'm, I'm just repeating this because I saw it. I don't know where I sit with its truth or whatever, but we, we referenced Dolores Cannon a few times on here and mm -hmm. I believe it was her, but there's something that she said that you know, we're entering this new era or we're in this new era of new earth. And that's just saying that everyone's working at a higher vibration, a higher frequency. And due to this shift of the entire planet, that's why we're finding more kids having things like ADHD. And it's because energetically they can't connect to the old vibrations that were here before. And that's something to do with this new this new earth and new vibration. So I'm just interested if you've heard anything like that and what you think about that. And yeah, no, I could see that happening. I think we're definitely at a phase right now where our brain chemistry is just different than it used to be mm -hmm. in general, too. I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. Like I, I want to get officially diagnosed. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do. Like, you know, when you see like these experts on, you know, sharing different things on like Instagram or different ways to work through it and stuff like that and different tips. I'm like, this is totally me, but then this is so many other people I know. So right. what has changed? Because I'm like, I don't think there's any such thing at this point as a typical working brain. Like, I think we all kind of have different ways. And I think there's more people who are experiencing just a different way of thought process and a different way of taking in things, right? And stimuli and all right. these different things. Right. And I, I do think that probably a lot of it has to do with the different vibration. It could also just be even our diets over the last hundred years have changed drastically too. Like there's just so many different things and we're exposed to a lot of chemicals in general, right? Just the air we breathe, like I think it's a bunch of different things kind of coming together. But I do in general think that kids right now, I think every generation has kids coming in for different reasons, but there's definitely a shift right now and right. having these children on a different vibrational length. I agree. And I do think the spiritual world is going to continue to grow. It has ebbed and flowed throughout history and, you know, with different things that have happened with mankind. But I do feel this spiritual movement is going to continue to grow and is going to become even more mainstream for reasons that could be that we're going into a new earth or however you want to fit into your brain. So it will be yeah. interesting to see if that is all true, then that would make sense then that more souls would come in that are a little more in tune. And so it will be interesting to pay attention to that and see if more and more kids start popping up with these questions yeah. and these understandings. And I mean, I've already noticed kids, you know, I sell crystals at my salon. I've shared that and, you know, kids love them. They know exactly what yeah, they are. Yeah, they're just naturally you know? attracted to them. Yeah. They just, they know what they are. And 
I remember when I quote unquote came out to my family about being a medium, my youngest nephew was sitting in the room and he was at the time he was eight years old. And I, you know, I said it, I said, well, I'm a medium. And he's the first one that jumped up and he's like, you could talk to dead people. I want to be a medium. Maybe I'm a medium too. And it was just like, we were all just shocked. (laughs) We're like, how do you even know what that word is? Now he has some older siblings and He's, he knows more than he should know at eight. We can go ahead and say that, but um, that was just, it was just so funny. It was like, of everyone there, he knew exactly what it was and he just thought it was the coolest thing. So going back a little bit to what you said about the children, like coming here and being a little bit more attuned. I think it's also because the last couple of generations have been really closed off to their mm-hmm. emotions, to things like that. Right. And now we're in a place where I feel there's a lot of breaking of illusions Right. And so these generations, like millennials, even just raising kids and some Gen X and stuff, too, I would say they're more open to breaking patterns and more open to different thought as well. Right. So then we're able to support these kids a lot better than a few generations ago, which I think is really cool. (laughs) So I really think that these next couple generations are really there to help work through that. So it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. (laughs) Well, I can understand that raising kids right now would be very difficult. It's hard to know what is okay to expose them to. And I mean, you get kind of hit from all different angles as to what's good, what's bad and what's indifferent. And it can be difficult to know. And then when these kind of topics come up, you know, that I don't know. It can it can get hard. I think probably because it can then kind of seep into like a religious mm-hmm. space. And once it starts going against what that is saying, then I think that's when it will probably get some pushback. But we'll just have to yeah, see. For sure. And you saying that now kind of reminds me of what I want to talk about next in regards to all of this. Basically, little things that I've come across that can help with navigating this for our children. So when I talk about this, I'm more talking about younger kids right now, just because I'm very specifically thinking of my children when they were younger. So like up to the age of five. So my youngest, he very early on, you could tell that he could completely see physical spirit in front of him Okay. to the point where like family members would be like, who didn't really believe this would be like, oh my gosh, what is he staring at? Like, what is he waving at or like interacting with kind of thing? And my mom's like a big believer in this and she's very spiritual and very mediumistic as well. And she was like... Like shocked by it. So my son would just look at a corner, like he's making eye contact. He'd follow the room. He'd get really shy or he'd cover his face. And then he'd <laughs> cuddle up to me and then look back and we're all just like, okay, who's here? And so at that point I was really in my development. And so I was like, oh, I can like actually sense who it is. And I was able wow. to tell, okay, this is Baba. So my grandmother or, oh, this yep. is my husband's dad. Like I could just very strongly feel whose energy was around. But one of the things that really helped was staying calm (laughs) and not leaping out and at this point I was able to do that I think maybe a few years before that and actually I had this happen with my older son as well where he would see things and look in the corner and get really scared and at that time like oh my god and I get scared too which would probably you know scare him a little bit more because my body tenses up right and all these things right but I found that staying calm and interacting with my son and being like, oh, okay, what do you see over there? And then he couldn't really talk that much at that point, but, you know, he'd point and, okay. And I'd say, oh, is that a man? Or I'd like question who it is. And then he'd kind of look at me and like nod or whatever. And so creating a conversation with him and then also saying to spirit, sometimes, you know, this is actually like making him feel uncomfortable. <laughs> We'd like to ask you to step back because 
although I know you're here with good intention, it's a little bit scary for him. So, and pretty much right after that, that would help. Like he would stop looking around. Yeah. Would, yeah. But like crazy things where he'd just walk down the stairs and just point and be like, who's that? Or like different things like that where you're like, okay. <laughs> so it can be a little bit, I think as a parent, a little unsettling sometimes. And I think because we have so much media influence, we also have religious influence, which is what reminded yeah. me of saying this. We have these perceptions that we've grown up with and a lot of them are fear-based. And so I think it can be really helpful as a parent, strip that down a little bit and kind of look into things and discover what you do believe in. Obviously, if this happens, all of a sudden, you're just going to be randomly thrown into the moment, right? Where you're not really sure what to do. But the thing that can help, like I said, is just staying calm and asking your child questions or like I said, asking spirit to back away a little bit and not necessarily thinking, oh my gosh, there's a demon in this room. (laughs) Or something like that, like going to an extreme fear kind of thing. So, you know, testing out the waters and feeling into it. And then also, like I mentioned before, even just doing that protective energetic bubble, like, okay, I need some space, creating that visual in your head of creating that boundary within yourself and your own energy and setting that intention can be really impactful for those moments. So powerful. So powerful for those moments. Yeah. Because I've even shared on here where... I've had moments where I've sensed something that felt very, there was a lot of the feeling of fear around it Mm -hmm. that I knew to just sit with a minute and then it kind of melted away. And then that was part of the message, you know, so that took a minute to kind of get past that point. I could have just right then been like, oh God, it's something bad. You know, it's something evil, but I sat with it and then realized it was kind of more to it. And we don't have to get into the whole topic of what's good and evil because there's there's people that argue (laughs) both sides and there's people that have validating experiences on both sides. So, but I do believe in angels and helping us and protecting us for the most part. Yeah. And that's another thing too with angels. Like that's kind of become a conversation piece too of, oh, we have angels. You can call on them to help protect you and your energy and make you feel safe. And so like I tell my daughter that because she's the one who experiences a lot of that fear. And so even just bringing in the conversation of angels and spirit guides and talking to them about it from a young age can help. Like, hey, there's people around you. Energies are, you know, spirit that is there for you and supports you that you were born with. Like guardian angels are protectors and they're with you and you can always call on them and talk to them. And so creating that conversation of being able to have that openness with them or you can talk to them or talk to me, you know, that kind of thing. Also visualizations at nighttime, creating again, a safe space or ritual to help for bedtime. So like we'll spray some fairy dust spray or something that is kind of like calming and is like a ritual and helps them to kind of create intention of safety around them and protect their energy as well. So those are little things that we've been doing that can help as well. Yeah. I was going to say fairies because that's, you know, that's fun for kids and they don't, some people do believe in fairies and I'm not saying fairies don't exist, but I also very firmly believe that spirit doesn't care what we call them or what, (laughs) what shape or form we give them, you know, it's all, it's all the same. So whatever feels most comfortable for you and for kids, you know, fairies tend to be fun and feel safe. So that, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And it can be anything too. Like you can make protection spray, angel spray, grounding spray. You can kind of give it any name you want, but it's just, it's more so about the ritual and creating that energetic intention and even just within the mind, setting that space before bedtime. Cause a lot of kids can really have a hard time sleeping as well. And then for like my older child, he's 12 now. And I I think he's really been questioning the universe. (laughs) What is life? To the point where I'm like, wow, should a 12-year-old like be at that spot right now in life? But he is. <laughs> and he's been thinking a lot about death and what happens to us and why are we here and things like that. And so finding like a good audiobook that we could listen to has been helpful. So I think it was Monica Tenkate's book. 
Yeah, so Monica Tenkate has a book. She's a medium. And I just, just a very like light way of talking about things and to have my son listen to a perspective of a medium. And yeah. he's seen her work and stuff too. So he's like, oh yeah, she's good kind of thing, right? So he's seen it and just hearing her perspective on what happens and then also hearing stories of people who have connected with loved ones after they've passed was really helpful for him. But also hearing it from outside of me, like, you know, your mom yeah. can tell you things whatever or your dad or whatever or parent but like hearing it sometimes from an outside source especially when they come at it from a non-fear-based perspective can be really soothing and it can help right so for sure I, for sure books for sure and i think like there's a few other people too i can't remember what their names are we'll put some links to different books but you know when like a medium has a memoir and they kind of explain the process and all those things so that can be really helpful yeah. And I remember being pretty young when I started questioning a lot of things or I started kind of connecting with this world. I remember, and I this is going to be a weird story and I don't know why it keeps popping in my head to share because I don't even fully remember it. But I remember my parents taking me to church when I was little. My family wasn't historically Catholic, but later in my parents' lives, they became Catholic. And so when I was growing up, that's what I was exposed to. And I remember, and they didn't force it on me. And I remember they would sometimes take me to church. Sometimes I would just stay home and sleep in. It was really their thing. You know, and I, I'm really appreciative of that, that they just let us all kind of figure it out for ourselves. But I remember sitting in church young, and I, I, I need to ask them if they remember this also. But I remember I would, I would get visuals when I was in there and I would see things. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and it it wasn't that it was, it just didn't feel great to me as a kid. And I remember that I feel like that was like one of the last times I went with them. I did later when I was in junior high, I did end up going to Catholic school for a year. And then I kind of got back into it because I had to, I had to join the church to continue on at that school. I ended up leaving that school, but so I did get back into it for a minute, but I remember those experiences being young and it was fearful and, you know, Part of me is glad that I didn't stay, but, mm -hmm. you know, and my parents didn't question it. They just were like, okay, you don't have to go then. We, maybe yeah. they didn't want, they probably didn't want the other people around to be like, who's this kid? Like, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it would have been kind of nice to, to have more conversation around that and maybe kind of, you know, document more of what I was experiencing so that I could at least look, look back at it now and try to, and try and piece it together of what that could yeah. have been, but and another thing, too, that can be fun is going online and looking up different clairvoyant or Claire's exercises and doing them with your kids because that can be a fun, interactive way. So like even putting an envelope, I think they honestly, I remember doing this in kindergarten, funny enough, <laughs> but like they'd put things in an envelope and then you basically have to tap into your intuition and feel like what's in there, what's in the envelope, like, oh, I'm seeing red or I'm seeing like yeah. a bear shape, like little things like that can be really fun and also really help your kid to tap in. And there's so many different exercises online. If you look it up, a lot of different cool little things you can do. So you can do it yourself as an adult, but you can also bring that into your kid's awareness too and play around with that as well. It's fun if you've ever seen the videos when they'll take twins and they'll do that and they'll like, yes, put it like put a <laughs> wall so between them and yeah. oh, it's so fascinating. And they'll end up picking the same thing or the same color. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fabulous. And I, I think building up a child's, even if you don't have kids that you feel are intuitive, I think building up their intuition at a young age is could be so beneficial in any road that they take. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing to have some in, intuition involved is going to only help them 
in whatever they career they choose as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. or who knows for so many different aspects of life. I mean, that's what I'm hoping changes is kind of the relationship that we have with what intuition is and our instinct. And we learn to not just brush it off. And that's probably a lot harder for us adults to get through that than mm-hmm. it would be to kind of teach kids like, no, if your gut tells you something, listen to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think we need that more because like, especially the school system that we're in, like we're just, the kids are filled with a lot of pressure, oh. peer pressure and things like that. So to be able to get to know yourself and your own energy, I homeschool my kids. So I don't really have this as much, but I do notice that even if they are playing with other kids sometimes and they've been around them for many hours, they'll come back and they'll kind of soak in some of their traits or personalities. And I know our neighbor that we had at one point, when he would go to school, his personality would completely change. And he was a very sensitive kid. So he's soaking mm, in yeah. everybody else's energy, isn't really sure of what is his and not his, and then just getting so angry and explosive and things like that, right? Because when you're a sensitive kid and you're surrounded by a lot of people every day, that can be really hard, right? So you might even be like a highly sensitive person, like an HSP. There's actually a great book by, oh, what's her name? Elaine and Aaron. And she has one for kids too. I think it's called Highly Sensitive Kids or something like that. And so there's a few different studies and things like that that they talk about around being a highly sensitive person. And it's just a great book if you're somebody who you consider yourself empathetic because they're very similar. They're not quite the same, but they're very like along the same line. And it can just be so helpful to find little ways to empower yourself and know that there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you know, a little bit more sensitive. And I think it's only like two or 4% of the world is considered highly sensitive, but that's still a lot of people, you know? So, yeah, and a lot of the people who gravitate towards spiritual or esoteric stuff, they're often those people because they can sense that this is a little different, or I don't agree with this, or like, what is this feeling that's coming into my awareness that doesn't quite sit right? And they question a lot more, at least in my opinion. So yeah, that's a book I definitely recommend. Yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll put all those in the show notes and uh, any other kind of links we can think of that might be helpful for any of you that are experiencing your kids starting to become a little more intuitive or feel like they are very sensitive or they are picking up a lot of energy. Or I think some of the stuff can even apply for kids that maybe you don't put in that category. But maybe for sure. maybe for some of you who have kids with some behavioral issues that you're struggling to wrap your head around, maybe try some of this stuff. Maybe that could be part of what's going on. Obviously, not all mm-hmm. cases, but I know some parents that are in my realm sometimes get backed up into a corner and you're not sure like what to do. Like you run out of options and like yeah, how to help sure. your kids. So these are harmless ways to test if that could be it. For sure. Well, did you pull any cards today? (laughs) Well, I actually, this morning, I pulled cards for myself and a really amazing message came through. So I thought I would just go ahead and share that because I feel it doesn't necessarily apply to the kid topic, but I know this will resonate with some people out there. So as I was pulling my cards today, and if you follow me on Instagram at Blue Hair and Medium, I did share a post about it and I explained it today. One of my cards that came up was Archangel Michael. And as I was tuning in as to why that showed up for my reading, a message came to me that was limitless dreams have limitless possibilities. And what that meant is that when we're trying to imagine or manifest or work towards something that we want in our lives that's forthcoming, 
sometimes, usually depending on stumbles or failures or hurts or pains that we've had in the past, it will start to shape our mind as to what's possible for us in the future. So, you know, I want this thing, but, you know, I I usually fail in the past, so I'm probably not going to get it. It starts to put doubt and it starts to put limitations around what it is we can foresee for ourselves. And so the message was, and that's a very normal human thing we all do, Mm -hmm. but the message was that the less limits you put around what it is you foresee for yourself and the more energy of anything's possible, then the universe has much more room to play with. They have a lot more, however it works, they have a, it, it has a lot more option to work with to bring forth more than you can probably even imagine. So, and, and I love that it came through with Michael you know, whether it was Michael coming down to me or it was one of his angels, I don't know. But I, it, it was definitely connected with Archangel Michael energy. And what's beautiful is that he is the archangel that helps helps us release stuff that is holding us back or that isn't benefiting us in moving forward. So it was kind of beautiful that that came through of, as just a reminder to try to expand your vision when yeah, you're totally. trying to manifest or manifest is such a spiritual word. After our last <laughs> episode, I'm like, I'm trying to not use some of the <laughs> spiritual lingo because I'm so tired of hearing it. But <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, with when you're trying to create what it is that you want for yourself and what it is you want mm-hmm. for your future. So, and then I did, I pulled another card. This was this morning and it was kind of to go along with what's a message for the collective. And of course it was the same damn card I pull every time <laughs> for the show, which is Lady Portia, who's like this goddess of justice. So this time it felt like, When connected with clearing your vision for your future, it feels, and this came up last week too, that it might be unclear as to what it is that's possible, which is why we end up filling it in with some of these doubts or fears. So again, be okay and be comfortable with not being able to see clearly what's ahead. And it could be because things that you are letting go of, things that you are moving past. The energies around it need balanced out. The the karma around it needs kind of balanced out. You know, that's kind of, you know, look at justice in that kind of way is, you know, the yin and the yang, the karma, you know, what goes out comes back around. Sometimes that energy for you has to kind of rebalance out before it's even clear as to which direction the universe is going to take you. So again, back to the message of last week of, you know, just focus in the power of right now and what you can do right now and keep your eyes and mind open as to what can come. I love that. That's a good message. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to hear it until... It really sinks in <laughs> for all of us, and that's myself included, but from, from Archangel Michael. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions or you have any stories, always feel free to DM us on Instagram or send us an email with the little email below in the show notes. And yeah, we thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey, Soli listeners, thank you so much for being here with us today. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to help support us, there are a few ways that you can do that. 
The first way is to give us a positive review on Apple or Spotify, and this helps us to be pushed up the algorithm, which allows more people to find our podcast. The second thing you can do is word of mouth. Send it to a friend or a family member who you feel would really enjoy this kind of conversation. We also have all of our social media linked below as well as our solely email. So if you have something to say, you have a question, you have an episode suggestion, or just want to share your story, you can do that below. 